guys, as I always do. Tuesday, 2.30 PGA show from awesomeo.com. The Sony Open, the first, I'm going to call it the first real event of 2021. I am Ben Raza here with fantasy golf man, Tim Frank. All right, we got we got a little warm up in at Tournament Champions, 42 golfers. We'll get to Harris English in a second. Uh, <laughs> now we get the first field. Are you excited for, for officially Friday cut sweats? I am definitely excited. Last week was not a real event because it was won by Harris English does not count. Um, but yeah, you know, that last week was like a warm up, right? You know, small field, everybody makes the cut. It's like, uh, you feel like you got a chance the whole week. We want to be, yeah, we want some, some serious action on Friday. Some, some possibilities of just being stone dead come Friday afternoon and having to look at all those dead lineups. Basically what PGA DFS is all about. This is where it starts. That's what it's built on um yeah i mean listen the tournament champions it's fun it's exciting to have golf back but one of the many problems with it is you can't really sweat it because it's great to be doing good on thursday and friday and saturday and sunday early and sunday middle but ultimately (laughs) none of it matters until late the scoring is insane and it flips so quickly so uh it can be a little hard to kind of grasp where you're at and that's what I, I'll be honest. I didn't pay a ton of attention. I was rooting for Neiman. Um, I did really like him. I wanted him to win obviously over Harris English, who I did not play. And that was not the case. Did you catch a ton of uh, coverage for the century? I did not. Um, well, one of the good things about being contrarian is like, you know, the, the, the galaxy brain, sometimes it doesn't work out well and it just frees up your whole weekend. That's what uh, we had last <laughs> week, but we're going to fire fire again this week um no just didn't uh didn't catch a lot of it it's tough i mean even as a hardcore golf fan it's tough when you're going up against playoff football but um so no didn't watch a ton on sunday i mean i don't know what to say we were getting tweets all over the place about harris english um he's playing well he played i mean he he, he's played well I, i i don't know what else to say um just a great all around game i mean he never really does it um with the ball striking it's always decent it's never great it's a great short game um there's a lot of things about him that i just am not ready to put him in the elite class so i will probably be fading him for the rest of the year um but uh good for him he got a win in a 46 man field and let's just be done with him for the rest of the year now yeah count me uh count me in for that ironically on our live before lock my Hot take was that someone who won, who did not win last year, was going to win Tournament of Champions. I was thinking Finau or Hideki. Obviously, in the cruel twist of irony, (laughs) Harris English, who, I mean, the QB, whatever you want to call that, I don't count that. But got to give him credit. He's playing well. I still think that more often than not, realistically, you know, all jokes aside, if he's going to be up there at 10 and 11K, even in weaker fields, it's going to be tough. Uh, for me to get a ton of exposure week in and week out, but we'll, we'll play it on face value. I, we'll, we're going to talk about this a lot throughout the show, Tim, but I do want to ask, do you care? How heavily do you care if your guys played last week as we turn the page to Sony? I mean, I don't really care too much. I've seen a lot of people talk about this, how, well, the winners, a lot of the winners from the Sony have played the week before and the obvious retort to that as well, that's the best players in the field have all played the week before at the century. It's nice to see uh, guys 
play last week, play well. It's nice to see where their game's at with the ball striking and whatnot. But kind of in the same vein as last week where we didn't have a lot of information to go off of and what we did I thought was going to be kind of overvalued um, by the public. I think we're still in the same boat. The majority of this field we haven't seen in a long time. Um, So we're going to have people relying on, you know, stats and finishes from uh, months ago. And I think people are going to overvalue what happened last week in a one week sample size. I think they're going to look at that. They're going to see the guys that played well. They're going to see the guys that struck it well. And while we do like to play those guys and I, and I like to rely on that a lot, I think it's going to be overvalued this week because we just don't have a lot of other stuff to go off of. I mean, so people are going to default to what happened last week, uh, probably more than they should. So, yeah, I mean, obviously you would like to see, a slight preference of the guys that played last week, but I think you got to go take some shots with guys that we haven't seen too. It's going to be a mix. I do. I would prefer that my guy, but it's weird. I'm going to split the difference. I I really don't care how my guy played, but I would prefer that he did play. Um, I'm not concerned that if he didn't play well, I don't really care about that. Mm-hmm. As we dive in, we'll, we'll get there. But, but for, first I do want to talk about why lie. The good thing about Sony open it's the same course for the last like 80 years. So we know what we're getting into here, Tim. Uh, talk about that. And then I do want to ask you last year from what I remember and what I looked into was almost an outlier. It was absolutely brutal conditions relative to what they normally see. Is that your read? And do you think we kind of revert back to, to historical trends rather than 2020's outlier? Yeah. I mean, and you could just tell by the winning score, 11 under by Cam Smith. And then prior to that, we had 22 under, 17 under, 27 under. I mean, some just absolutely ridiculous stories, 20 under, 23 under. And this is for a par 70. Um, so it generally plays very easy course. Uh, just one of the, you know, your typical short Bermuda seaside track, par 70, 7,050 yards. Um, really, it's like the wind and, and the elements are the only defense. Um, and if the wind isn't blowing, you know, it's it's really straightforward, not not tough off of the tee. And then it's just a lot of short irons and making putts, uh, very similar to, you know, a place like Harbortown, a place like Colonial. Um, it has a, a lot of overlap in the leaderboard with Honda, which is a tougher course. But the, the, the overlap between like the winners and the guys up at the top is undeniable. Uh, Russell Henley's won both events. JT's won both events. Ernie Els has won both events. Mark Wilson's won both events. Ryan Palmer won the Sony and lost in a playoff at Honda. Rory Sabatini won the Sony and has a second at the Honda. Um, so there's a lot in common with the Honda, although that's a little bit of a tougher track. Um, but, you know, this falls in line with all those kind of shorter Bermuda tracks where, you know, distance off the tee really doesn't do much for you. Um, small greens, a lot of approach game. Mark Wilson makes the show. Uh, we go way back. We hit the way back machine. Didn't have that on the bingo card. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Sure. Why not? Uh, yeah, listen, this, this course, some similarities I take from last week. A lot different, though, in some regards, and certainly the fairways. But you can work in and out of trouble. You've summed it up here. And we'll see. We'll see what the weather brings last year. Cameron Smith, your boy, took it down. But I don't. If there's one year I kind of will throw out a little bit, it would be 2020, I just think. Uh, yeah, and hey, shout out to Rick Rungood, one of the good guys in chat who had Harris English on his cumulative contest that we're running with Pat Mayo and is off to a good start. But I have Griot, so I will take it back. 
this week. And that's a perfect segue. Even though he doesn't belong in the 10K plus, I'm going to use Grio as the segue to get into the top end golfers. We've got six of them leading with Webb Simpson, kicking off the pricing 11,100 tournament of champions winner, uh, Harris English. Then we've got Morikawa, Neiman, Decky, and Berger. You know, all guys that played last week, not the elite of the elite, but the best we have in this field, Tim, what do you make of the top top? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Webb obviously is going to be overwhelmingly popular. Um, just a great course for him. And we've seen him just crush at these weaker field, short Bermuda tracks, Harbor Town, places like that, Wyndham. Um, everything looks like it lines up great. I think the ownership will be really high, but he does seem like a really good, really safe play. Concerning last week, he lost six and a half strokes off the tee. Um, and we know that the T game is his one week link. And this is not a, a course that demands a lot off the tee. Um, but I just thought that was kind of worth noting. Um, he was really bad off the tee, but the approach game was solid. And the rest of his game is really solid. I, you know, good safe play. I just think he'll be really popular. Um, we're going to X out Harris English and just pray. Um, you know, should be a great course fit for Morikawa, a guy that has a strong approach game. Um, but I think I'm just going to be a glutton for punishment here. And uh, go to what I hope is a low-owned Hideki, who was just god-awful with the putter. He lost almost 10 strokes putting last week. This is what we've seen out of him kind of all over the place. And the ball striking wasn't that good, but it, it was better on the weekend. He was positive ball striking for Saturday and Sunday. But, you know, if we're going to get a, a good ownership discount on him, he's cheaper than Webb. Um I think people are going to overreact to him finishing dead last last week, which I don't want to overreact to one event. Almost all of it was due to the putter. I mean, if we're going to get him a good ownership, I think he's a good play um, at what, maybe like a third of the ownership of Webb. It's not just that it's what you said in terms of the overreaction. If he was just average, certainly if he was good, you could argue that he would be maybe one of the, if not the most popular play this week, he was, terrible last week and now he's not going to be and it, you know we've already seen what happened to decky last week he lost 9.7 strokes putting i mean what what can you really do there more concerning to me than that is that he lost 1.8 strokes on the approach that is an outlier i hope because decky's strength is certainly with the irons and he needs to do that because he's not a good putter uh 9.7 is a little much though even for him <laughs> The greens are smaller and flatter here. I don't think he can lose 9.7. I would hope, well, he definitely can't lose 9.7 and miss the cut. That I can guarantee because you (laughs) can't do that in 36 holes. My guys have tried. Uh, The guy that is causing me the most problems, I think Webb is very safe. Decky is fine. What do you do with Neiman, who, again, I liked him last week, but he, I like to target him in that mid range, you know, the, the low eights high sevens. This is a big price bump, but he's playing fantastic. 7.3 with the irons. Yeah. It just feels like this is like an all time high for Neiman. I think you and I have been on him a lot since the restart and we were kind of hammering him when he was like 7,900, 8,400. Um, and you know, he deserves to be priced up here. He's a talent. He played great last week. He's been playing great since the restart, but for me, it's just seems like this is like an all time high price for him. Um, I don't know. I don't love the course fit. Not, you know, he, he, he relies somewhat on off the tee. I don't, he's not necessarily a bomber, but some of that will be negated. Um, It's more of a price thing for me. I just think 10, four is a little bit too much. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, if, you know, someone said they really like that, you know, they want to start with Neiman. I have no problem with that. Of course, he's a fantastic player. He really can score. I certainly would like a non-cut for him. I certainly would like some of the other attributes that we saw maybe last week versus this week, whether it's price and things like that. The last guy I have to ask, weren't really on him last week. Any different for Berger? This is obviously not a par 73. Maybe this is in his wheelhouse a little more. I mean, it, it is right in his wheelhouse. Part 70 short Bermuda, you know, St. Jude, he crushes that, has the playoff loss at Honda, uh, does well at these courses. I No, I mean, I'm not going to play him. He played well last week, 10th, gained 6.1 with the ball string. I will say what was interesting when I kind of did like a median run of all the outright odds, I'm at 14 to 1. Um, so the outright betting market loves him for the price. I mean, you look at Neiman, I have a 22 Hideki. I have a 20, um, you know, I have burger coming in as like the second favorite him and Harris English at 14 to one. I don't put a lot of stock in that, but the, the outright market loves him compared to this price, but I, I I'm never going to get there with him at 10 K. Yeah. He's towards the, I mean, for me, just to sum it up and we'll get to the nines Decky Webb, probably Neiman third, but there's a gap. I think I, I would like to start with one of the two that we mentioned, but what I'd really like to do, and I'm not going to be the only one who thinks of this, obviously, but you already, you spend half the show talking about Honda. Sanjay M was fantastic last week. He is the champion at Honda. What is there not to like at 9,800? Yeah, I agree. There is nothing to not like, I guess, besides I, we could say ownership, him, and Webb, I think that'll be a really popular way to start lineups. Um, but if I had to pick one of the two to play and one of the two to fade, I would take Sungjae. Um, the, the price is just too good. You know, we've seen him, you know, playing well, and, and he does it in all ways. It's not he's not stuck in one facet of the game that he's always relying on. It's not like a terrible putter. I mean, some weeks things come and go, but I mean, well-rounded game. Uh, the ball striking was phenomenal. You know, we've seen him trending in the right direction at the end of last year, played great at the masters gained 7.8 with the ball striking last week, won the Honda, which is a perfect correlation for this course. I mean, I I think he's an absolute stud. He's young. He's 22. I feel a lot better paying 9,800 for a guy like him who I could say, you know what, maybe in a year or two, we're putting him in the conversation with guys like Rahm and Rory, whereas paying the 10 K for burger, 10-6 or 10-8 for English, who I feel like are just playing above their head. Um, So yeah, big time fan of him here, but he'll be very popular. Yeah, as friend of the show, uh, Slim Brody in chat, in most popular player this week, I think that's very possible. He easily could, but I I really like the spot for him. He was fantastic last week. He easily could have won if he didn't lose three strokes putting. Just a good, good play. Rest of this range, we've got... Cameron Smith, Abraham Answer, Ryan Palmer, who got talk about a price bump, and then Adam Scott, which is probably where I would look. What do you make of the other five in, in the nines? Yeah, yeah. Not a fan of really anybody outside of him in this range. Yeah. Ryan Palmer, that price is just out. That seems like out of nowhere. I mean, I know he has a good course history here and he played well last week. And I guess he has a couple good starts in a row that span, you know, eight, eight weeks or something uh, from the break, but that's egregious. Um, Yeah. I'm with you on Scott. Uh, The approach game was awesome last week, gained almost seven strokes, 
around the green, bad, lost 4.1. Putting bad, lost 3.8. Hopefully he figures something out with the putter, but he's another guy that won Honda. I, I think the price is good. The approach game is good. He'd be the guy I'd go with. I wouldn't blame anybody for playing Answer or Cam Smith, um, but they're just not for me this week. It's either him at the top or, or Scott at, at a flat nine. Yeah, I'm the same way. I will say just answer, and listen, it's one week, but really odd stats for him. He lost two and a half strokes off the tee, gained one with the approach, lost four around the green, and gained seven putting. Um, Almost all of those are atypical for him. Like his irons are usually the weak part, and he usually gains off the tee. So just a little all over the map. But again, it's only four rounds. I don't want to overreact to one, you know, little thing. Yeah, I played some of him last week, and it was yeah, definitely strange. Um, I rallied nice on Sunday. He wasn't doing so good, but I think he shot seven under on Sunday to make a nice little run. Yeah. yeah. Scott, we know what he can do with the irons, just needs to putt. No real take on Cameron Smith. Uh, all right, I do want to say a couple things before we get to the 8K range. One, certainly, Chad, it's good to see all the regulars, and I see some new faces in there. If you are new, A, welcome, B, hit the like button. We appreciate it. Uh, it really helps us out. And more importantly than that, subscribe to the channel. We are getting to, we're almost at 48,000 subscribers. We're making that push to 50K and it helps you guys. And it helps us. Certainly we have so many sports going on. Uh, we're going to be doing college basketball soon enough, obviously NBA in full swing NFL playoffs. They're doing a good four game. I'm very excited to get into that. So we'd love to see that in addition to all the golf talk here, but here we go. 8K. This is where unlike last week, you know, when we got to these ranges, there was a couple guys at each range, and then we were out of here. As you go down in a 144-man field, the ranges get bigger and bigger. Uh, so AK, Kisner, and this just one of – every guy we've talked to has played. He played last week, including Kisner. This is the first range where we get new faces, starting with Russell Henley. Um, and then we've got Billy Ho and, and Kucher, Sergio, a lot of guys here. So what stands out? Um, are these going to be, you're anticipating maybe your second man in some lineups? Yeah, this is a tough range. Uh, you know, kind of a lot of similar types of players, um, Kisner, Henley, Horschel, all these guys that you think kind of feast on these Bermuda tracks, uh, pr- m- most perfectly, you know, spot for Kisner. I think uh, out of those three guys, um, a little concerning last week though, lost 5.1 with the ball striking. And that's kind of something that you talked about. It's like, you wanted to see just the guy play last week. It doesn't really matter how he played, but he was not good, but you should think that this is an absolutely perfect course for him. And he has good results as you would expect. He has a fourth year last year, fourth and 27 or 2017 fifth and 2016. Uh, don't mind him. You know, don't mind Henley 8,700. I'm still trying to come to grips with, uh, a, you know, more expensive Russell Henley, uh, but this is a good spot for him. The approach game was phenomenal last year, especially since the restart. Um, you know, I, I don't love those guys. I think I would prefer to just get up to Scott at flat nine. Um, but in the upper AK range, I, I would say Henley and Kisner, but you know, not in love with either of those guys this week. It's really just looking at Kisner's course history is it's just very odd. Um, he's got, you mentioned the fourth last year. He was fourth in 2017. He was fifth in 2016. Peppered around that is three missed cuts, an 84th, a 69th, and a 25th. And the common thread 
in the three top fives, he gained strokes on the approach. And in the other six, he lost strokes on the approach. So it does seem somewhat boomer bust, particularly with the ball striking. But this is a guy, we have a pretty large sample size of where he excels. And Sony, to me, would fit that bucket. So uh, I would go to Kisner, especially in tournaments. Yeah, should be perfect. Um, yeah, I think the course history just depends on how much he drank and went fishing uh, is our le- leading up to the event or the morning of. You know, he had a late tea time, probably got in a couple, uh, a little bit of fishing and drinking in the morning. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I do see him uh, on Bassmasters Classic sometimes on ESPN <laughs> when they show fishing is wild. Never been fishing in my life. I don't really understand it. One day, someone have to fill me in how all that works. Uh, Billy Ho, question mark. I mean, he is someone he did play last week. Again, I don't really care how he played. He was just average at best, but another Bermuda guy, good at OHL. Um, where do you fall? Or are you just kind of indifferent? You know, I mean, I, I would put him in the same boat as Kisner Henley. Um, they're not identical players, but they're guys that seem to excel at the same types of tracks. But he would be last on my list of those three. I'm just not a big Billy Ho guy. Uh, he is good through three rounds, had a really, really rough Sunday. Um, you know, wouldn't make too much of that. I, you know, I think it, uh, in all of the AK range, I'll go down to Sergio at 8,300. Um, he was decent last week. He was 11th, uh, gained 3.39 with the ball striking. Um, I, I just think he's the best play in this range. He has a phenomenal record at Honda as well. Um I don't have him for any course history unless we go way, way back before 2008. Um, but you would think, you know, the the record at Honda, you would think that this would carry over a little bit here. Um, and I like him. This is just not a range that I love. I guess he'd be the guy I would lean on in this whole AK range. I mean, Sergio has been a, you know, a hot topic for a while now because he's had really bad stretches with the putter, lost his form. Then he won Sanderson Farms. Uh, and that was really out of nowhere if you look at the form. But this is, again, when you have a large sample size, to me, you know, I, I tend to hold on a little too long. And I, I'm kind of talking about Harris English now, reluctant to really change my view on them drastically. Like, obviously, guys can find form and change, but it's hard to really break out at that age. Um, Sergio is what he is. He's a great driver of the ball. He's literally gained off the tee in every event going all the way back to before, you know, in 2020 as well. So 2019 was the last time he lost strokes off the tee. He can't putt. That's the one wild card. I'm willing to forgive that, especially when he's priced around Zach Johnson, Matt Kuchar, Brendan Todd, and Lanto. Uh, those guys are fine players. I'll take Sergio because he's off the tee. I mean, obviously it's miles better than them, but I think it's the best individual stat of any of those guys in any category. We just we're gonna make correlated lineups of guys that can't putt. We'll just throw them in there with Scott and Hideki and Grio, and uh, hope that putting doesn't matter. Finally, it's I mean, the one week for... where it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> um, it you know, and there's something to be said about that. Obviously, there's a chance that Sergio putts well, but parlaying that with four four guys that fit that mold is probably pretty foolish because. Um, you know, you, you can tip the scales too much, and I'm certainly guilty of that at times. You got to balance it out a little. I've been doing it for five years, and I can <laughs> attest that it doesn't work. I, okay. mean, I mean, I don't know what the sample size we need to make an official determination on it, but that's what this show's about. We have testimonials from real life people who have done the legwork for you. <laughs> don't, don't do what I did. 
Yeah, Decky, <laughs> Sergio, Grio, Bill Haas is now here. Um, what about to round this out this range, and then we'll get to the mid-range. Two interesting names, and I want to ask about both of them. We have EVR and Charles Howell the third. Uh, did either of them really get you excited? Um, no, Charles Howell the third, no. Um, not, never a big CH3 guy. Of course, history here is incredible. Some of the best you'll see from a guy that hasn't won uh here just top 10 after top 10 i you know i don't rely too much on course history i evr piqued my interest a little bit at 8k um boy burned everybody at the masters uh with the wd but played well in dubai at the european tour uh championship he was t14 there and and i just think he's more of like a, a volatile guy more of a boomer bust guy you know uh, charles howell definitely the safer play and i think he'll be more popular with that course history um, but I think EVR lower ownership and, you know, maybe a lot more boomer, boomer bust than CH3. So yeah, I, I like EVR a little bit just coming off of what he did in Dubai, you know, showed that he was not injured playing decent. I know that was a month ago, um, but he, he at least trending in the right direction. The other thing about EVR that's interesting is predominantly when we've seen him here, it's been majors or WGCs or top tier events, the Memorial, um, Honda, Genesis, those types. He only has a couple starts in fields that I think are comparable to this. Like if he was playing in those type of events, I think there's a chance he would have already broken through on tour. So getting him a a rep at the Sony could be a spot where he's 8K in a lot of fields uh, that are stronger than this. So that is something to say. EVR has got some pedigree. Uh, Max from Team and Nova. and he's a Minnesota Golden Gopher too. Well, Don't forget that. And he looks like Kevin Tway, identical. Um, <laughs> Max from Team No Putt. Yeah, a couple spots. Just don't have like six of them. Uh, anything else from the eight K range, or do you want to move down to this? Is where the money's going to be won. There's about forty guys in the sevens. Yeah, I agree. No, I'm good on the eight K range. Not you know the guys at the top. I think are decent plays. I like Sergio the best. Um, and then a lot of uh, dusty, bad ball striking putting specialists in the low AK range that I'm not going to be playing. Very, very dusty. Uh, I do want to say, Craig in chat pointed this out. He's saying he's in a one-and-done tournament this year. A lot of people are. I'm going to be writing up a one-and-done article exclusively on Awesomeo. It'll be free, you guys. You go check it out. We're going to do a segment tomorrow night, me and Jason Roslin on it. So if you are playing in that type of format, we have you covered, just like everything else. We've got betting. We've got DFS. If you do a weird format, we will cover it for you. Um, doesn't mean I, I'm going to know what we're doing, but I'm going to certainly try. But uh, I know I've never been fishing. That's a, it's a donk move. Do you go fishing on uh, Lake Minnetonka or something? Uh, I used to do a ton of fishing when I lived in Florida. Uh, I do not do much fishing up here. It, does not, it doesn't compare. Uh, when you go saltwater fishing in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, nothing compares to that. And then you move up here and they're catching walleye and crappie. And it's going to offend people. I know there's a lot of people up here that love fishing for walleye and crappie, but that's just not the same. Yeah, I, I hear that. No, don't hear that. Don't even know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> there's no gators up there. So that's a win in itself. That is a win. Yeah, it freaked me out seeing people going swimming in the lakes. I was like, you're oh. not getting me to go in the lakes here. You know, I don't do that uh 7900 let's guess this this is this is my range we've got Lichtman, <laughs> Grillo, Munoz and Brian Harmon uh, I just want to talk about the upper sevens here because it's absolutely jam-packed 
couple guys that played last week in, in Leishman and Munoz, obviously guys like Rio, Harmon, Keegan, uh, Siwoo. We have basically everything you could want. It's just about allocating what fits your lineup. What do you think is your priority? Yeah, I mean, I think Rio's in the same spot he always is. I think he's a good, safe play, you know, loves these type of tracks. I just, you know, just kind of doesn't seem to be able to get there. Um, Leishman, I think, is interesting. Again, didn't play great last week, um, but he was plus 3.8 with the approach. The irons were good. The putting was horrible. Um, But, you know, we're seeing small steps out of him. You know, 13th at the Masters. Okay, uh, iron play last week. He's played really well at this course. Um, So I think, you know, for the price, a guy who, if he is coming back to, you know, where he has been in the past, I think it's, he's still underpriced. There's still some question marks. So it's, it's a little risky. I don't think the ownership will be there. I I like him as kind of a, as a flyer. And as another guy, as a flyer, I like his Siwoo Kim at 7,600. I just think he made a lot of strides last year. We saw a lot of consistent finishes out of him. Uh, a lot more so than we had in the past. Um, you know, we haven't seen him in a, in a while. He was gaining some popularity at the end of last year, but we haven't seen him in a while. And I mean, he just absolutely crushes these short Bermuda tracks. I mean, it's it's uncanny. You know, won the players, won the Wyndham, third at the Wyndham, runner-up at RBC, third at Mayakoba. He has a fourth here at Sony. Um, it's just, you know, he's like he, that Kisner type of you just get him on these tracks and he's great. Um, and I think this might be kind of a spot to buy if, if he is trending in the right direction where nobody's going to be on him. And maybe he takes a, another step forward th- this year. I like that call a lot, actually, as a tournament play, because Siwoo is someone all the time. Even we, the knock on him was he's so unpredictable. He can come out of nowhere. Well, that's great for early season golf because we don't know anything about anyone. He's shown he can thrive in those conditions. We're going to get to some Wyndham correlation for me with some really deep sleepers in a minute so I'm glad you brought that up I want to go back to Leishman for a second though I bet him last week I I bet him this week again uh I was actually very happy to see because he showed enough where I know that the game is not completely gone it's in there this guy hasn't missed a cut here since 2010 he plays every year he's rattled off 10 straight made cuts third in 2019 Leishman is a buy for me. The, the bigger question is it's hard when you're competing with maybe the best play on the slate in Emiliano Grio, who is also sitting right there. 18th at RSM, 8th at OHL. He can't putt, but he's a great ball striker. I have no problem with this course fit for him. I'm not going to go crazy. Obviously, I'm embellishing a little saying he's the best play on the slate. He's not, but he is firmly in play. Four for four and make cuts at Sony. What do you think about Grio? Yeah, I mean, I think everything lines up great. This is our, our great tracks for him. These short Bermuda tracks is another guy uh, that really likes it here. I, you know, I just don't. I mean, it's tough as a guy who won so early in his career um, at the Safeway. I mean, I don't even remember how many years ago that was. Now, it's a while. Um, it was a while, yeah. And it just, it he just seems to have a problem kind of getting over the hump. Um, even when he's in contention, but the price is, is fine, right? It's like, we don't need him to win. Like, you know, the T12 will, will get it done for you for sure. I like him. I just think I'm going to probably go with more uh, of a volatile guy, like a Leishman or a Siwoo Kim. But I mean, I don't have, I don't have anything bad to say about Grio. 
I think that's where lineup construction is so important. Like if, if you really go crazy, but I'm talking like if you have Sunjay and a couple other guys, you may want to roll the dice with a Siwoo, with the Leishman, with uh, there's plenty of guys we're about to get to. Say you're different at the top though. To me, Grio truly, even though he's so frustrating, he makes a lot of cuts. He cashes a lot of fringe top 20 type tickets. He can get it there and not derail the lineup. Uh, it's always scary when you can't putt like that. But I looked at him. Keegan is interesting. I do think he fits like the Sergio type where he can gain off the tee here. And he's a streaky putter, even though predominantly awful. He does get hot at times. He would be in the tournament bucket for me. I I, I do like Siwoo and I like Leishman more than him, though. Yeah, you know, he was the ball striking, you know, I want to say was trending at the end of last year, but it's like he seems like he's been trending for five years straight. I mean, he always hits it well, and the putter can just be so hot or cold. Um, I, you know, I don't mind him. I think the other guys we talked about um, I like better, and then there's some cheaper guys, you know, kind of going down. Uh, Russell Knox. Obviously. I God, I don't know though. I said never again. It's like I feel like I said never again. And then it was like immediately he finished in the top ten at like I don't remember where it was, Mayakoba or RSM. Um just another one of those guys that just loves these types of tracks. Oh God. Neesmith, God, I hate the name. I just I know, I know, but boy, look at the num look at the numbers from the end of last year. They were really, really good. The ball striking was was really good. Um, but boy, it just, he feels like he's overpriced this, this name, like from a name recognition standpoint, I think Knox probably better. Reeves probably better. I just need Smith's ball striking caught my eye, but boy, it seems bad to click his name right over actual real golfers. Ah, uh, yeah. He is playing well credit to him. I would rather play. So you've got a couple. So this is an interesting range. We've got Mackenzie Hughes and Kevin Na both played last week, but they played really bad. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes lost six and a half strokes putting, which I mean, as outlier as outlier can be, he's a world-class putter. And that part was interesting. He paired it with horrible ball striking. Yes. (laughs) Kevin Na also very bad off the tee and struggled. Russell Knox. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it two ways. He was cut at RSM, but around that 23rd at OHL 15th at Houston, 16th at Bermuda, the guy's got how many top fives at Pomda? Um, if he didn't make like a 30 on that on the island hole at Sawgrass, he could have been in the contention at the players one time. Um, you had that? to bring that up, right? I, I didn't, I didn't think anybody bad. would mention that. I That was bad. It's because he didn't go to the – anyone who panics and then they don't go to the drop zone immediately, that's when you know it's bad. Um I don't mind going to him here, even though he's another frustrating player. What about Chez? He's also 7,400. Yes. So he kind of stuck out to me as a guy who seemed underpriced. And maybe that was because he didn't finish the year all that strong, but seems like a better, just a better quality of golfer than the other guys in this range. And this is just seems like one of those things where you have to pick do we want to go with maybe a better golfer who isn't playing well? But keep in mind, we haven't seen any of these guys in six weeks. So what does it really matter? Um, and that's kind of what I was talking about at the top. Are we going to rely on Russell Knox's recent form from eight weeks ago? I mean, I don't know how much that carries over. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's a long-winded and roundabout way of saying, yeah, I, I do kind of like Chez because he seems underpriced and a better golfer compared to some of these other guys. He just didn't finish the season uh, very strongly last year. No, not at all, but he absolutely, and again, 
course history is course history, but he's torn this place apart. He gained 13 strokes tee to green in 2019 here, 10.6 in 2018, 8.3 in 2017. Uh, I mean, it, and it makes sense. More importantly, and Tim, I know you preach this as well. Yes, you want to see the results, but does it make sense? And it makes perfect sense that Chez and Russell Knox could do good here because it's the type of course that they do good at. So uh, I think that's where we're going. But let's talk about the lower sevens here. You've got guys like Scott Piercy, who I do think is kind of an interesting name. Stanley is there. Sneds, Cameron Davis, Brandon Grace. I've seen his name come up. What do you make of the low sevens? Yeah, you saw his name come up because he's the lock. He's the lock of the week this oh, week. Oh, that's great. That's where you saw what? his name come up. Where, this is why. I'm going to tell you why. You got to. You got to. This is one of the. This is a good. This is one of the good plays where it's not so obvious. Like you really, you got to dig for this. We're um, digging. We're digging. We're digging. digging so <laughs> we'll go back to RSM. T30, but he gained three strokes with the ball striking. That's only in the three measured rounds. So good ball striking, not a not a great finish, um, but gaining the three strokes ball striking three rounds, that's solid. T40 in Mayakoba, we don't have stats for that. But then he went to Dubai uh, World Tour Championship, and he was T8. Um, and this is a guy, one at Harbortown, right? Uh, we'd consider that kind of like corollary course, short Bermuda track, a lot similar to this. And I just think of... I mean, this guy has tons of top finishes in major championships. I, a little bit like Leishman. It's like really down year last year um, after the restart. But showing a little bit of signs of life that, I, you know, I don't think other people are going to pick up on. I don't think anybody's paying attention to the fact that he finished eighth in Dubai. And even though that was four or five weeks ago, I mean, I think it's a it's a good sign. I like kind of the course fit. I like the the talent level for 7,100. And just a guy that, you know, if he is trending in the right direction, like you always say, you're only going to get one shot, right? If he finishes T3 this week, he's going to be 8,500 next week or whatever. So I, I, I really like this spot for him. So the good thing, we got a great social team here at Awesome and I will be having them clip that little segment and we're going to put that on the Twitter machine uh, when Brandon Grace gets it done for you, hopefully, because he's going to be really <laughs> low owned. There's no doubt about it. He's flashed some talent. He did go to Europe. And I think in a field like this, again, it's all, I I preach this, but I feel really strongly. It's about lineup construction. Like if you're going to go very generic up top, that's the type of play to anchor with because Brandon Grace has upside. He just has to me, massive miscut equity. It's a very dangerous pick. I'm going to throw out one of my own in a second. I do want to ask you directly about Scott Piercy though. He's another guy that absolutely loves this course here. Um, Ton of experience, make, making cuts to close 2020 good ball striker one of your favorites any feeling on him can he keep it going yeah i mean that's the question right is like can he keep it going um he was definitely one of those players that i leaned on we'll get to another one here in the upper sixth range of guys that were just playing well at the end of last year they were making cuts they were striking it well and and i was playing week in and week out charlie hoffman was another one but he was a little more inconsistent at the end of last year um but yeah, I mean, look, he was playing great. And the course history is good. He's a guy I like, but he's just, it's another one of those things where it's like, we're going to just have to weigh. And I don't think he'll be very popular. Um, but but in, in a lot of these guys, we're just going to have to weigh, like, are the results from six or eight weeks ago 
commensurate with, I don't even know if that was a word, but with his ownership this week, or, or you know, are we over, over analyzing or putting too much stock in, in what happened? Um, he, he played great. He's a guy like, I, you know, I don't know. I I'd rather roll the dice with grace, but I don't mind Piercy. Yeah. I, so what I try to do, it's, I'm not going to say, Oh my God, I'm glad if my guys played horrible, you know, before the break, it's more that in addition to having good form leading into 2021, he likes this course and I think it fits his game. So it's just an added bonus. I'm not going to, it's just like guys like Chess. I don't want to see him struggling, but the other factors kind of weigh out more to me. And Scott Piercy, I think, is in a, in a fine spot. If it's windy, it's not going to matter. Uh, he's shown that he comes here and he plays well. I have one guy, though. This is going to be my – we're going to do a little head-to-head. You have Brandon Grace. And tell me if you think right. this is fair. I, I think it is. JT Poston is my Your big, boy, my big sleeper this week. So right. I want to take you back. Another guy who really struggled in 2020, especially during the summer – he lost in 10 straight tournaments with the approach and that absolutely <laughs> killed him since then though, that was in June, July, and August in September, he found a little form and then he was third at Sanderson farms. He's gained on the approach in five of six. He's a world-class putter and his win was at Wyndham. Um, six that heritage. Those are two of his five best finishes on tour. I think this is a guy, a great Bermuda putter, he has the formula here. I don't know where the game is at, but for a true, you know, couple percenter, I think JT Poston is a deep sleeper this week who actually fits the course better than you would think. Yeah, I agree. Should be a good course fit for him. Um, of course, you're trying to get over on me here on this gentleman's bet by picking a $7,300 golfer yeah, instead well, of a $7,100. You know, got to keep my eye on you. Um, I'll take but, them all. Uh, yeah. There, there you go. He's like, yeah, I mean, I don't mind Poston. It's uh, of course you're going there. He's your boy. That's right. Um, but yeah, the, the the course fit should be good. I played him at the Masters. He wasn't very good at the Masters, Oof. but we're we're not going to talk about that. Tough scene, but no. And, and listen, that comes with the territory with both those guys. Uh, all right, let's get. We got about 15 minutes left. Let's get to the 6K range. I do want to say a couple things. One, Chad, as always, it's really fun to see you guys in here interacting. Shout out to John Jefferson, friend of the show, really sharp guy, as you can see, took down a big tournament there. And we love to see you guys break through and have some success. We'll take credit for it. It's not because of us, but we really hope that little things that we say uh, make all the difference, especially Tim's Brandon Grace touts. Uh, If you haven't and you want to sign up, we have so many packages here from weekly to monthly to annual, every sport, golf, platinum, which is all inclusive. We'd love to get you in, get in Slack chat. We've had a ton of new signups lately and it's great to grow the community here at awesome. And if you, if you can't sign up, show your support by hitting the like button and subscribing to the YouTube channel, totally free, but still much appreciated. Now we've still got like a bajillion golfers. Cause it's a full field, Tim. My first question to you is always this, cause you have a good feel on, do you think it's necessary to go into the sixes and how comfortable do you feel going down there this week? You're muted. You're still muted. Your third time you're muted, kid. You may have broken your computer and you're permanently muted. That would be a new one. No. You're Am back I back? Now. You're back. You were you were saying the gold, but no one could hear you. Wow. That was it. I don't think I can I don't think I you think can't it's do lost it justice. Forever. 
just it's totally it's totally gone yeah sorry my daughter as i was telling them before the show <laughs> spilled hot chocolate on the macbook so we're running the backup here and it's uh you know a little little different um i don't think it's necessary to go below 6k this week i think there's a... <laughs> don't do that you got me flustered uh... 7k um i think there's a lot of good plays in the lower mid uh, 7k range i think you can build balanced lineups and and honestly there's just not a lot of guys i feel super comfortable with uh below 7k i don't know my guy my my guy dougie gim at 6800 i think you know he's kind of the uh he's kind of the lock this week if you want to go if you want to go below 7k but i don't know i don't see is there anybody you love below 7k certainly not love uh i feel fine if i have to land here i'd prefer certainly I think we've named a lot of good guys in the low sevens and there is a, to me, a significant drop, but Doug Gim is someone we preach this a lot at next year. Sony, he could easily be 8,500. That's not a, that's not a stretch. He could be on the corn ferry tour probably too, but you know what? The risk reward, he's starting to show some form. The guy I wanted to bring up is Peter Malnati though. Very good putter had a nice stretch late in the year and then it fell off to close it at rsm and ohl he did not play well but this is a guy certainly doesn't rely on distance off the tee if he can survive off the tee get to the irons get to the putter he's had some experience at sony he was 12th last year it's just someone i like because he has one skill set that is world class and it's putting um so you could look there chap wrote up austin cook i looked at that name Ultimately, I don't think I'm going to get there, Tim, but this is someone every so often he does pop. And when he does, he usually is in contention. Yeah. You know, one, I believe it was RSM. Is that where Austin Cook won? So a similar type of track to this. Um, boy, I don't know. I don't I don't think I'm getting there. I'll just double down on what you said with Gim. Um, you know, when he came onto the tour, you you would have put him in there from a college pedigree standpoint with guys like Morikawa college teammate of Scheffler um, Hovland, that, that type of player. Um, And he just got off to a slow start and he played very well at the end of last year, good finishes, um, good ball striking. And I'm actually surprised at the price. Um, I I think 6,900 is a really good price. I thought he'd be definitely more expensive than that. And just a guy who, yeah, I mean, by the end of the year, you could see him up in 8,500 8, in an event like this. So I like him. I think he's a pretty easy play. Um, but boy, it's, uh, I don't know. Not a lot of guys that, that I like down here. Um, Keith Mitchell, Luke oh. List, if you want to just go like, just kind of like the crazy score type. Um, Mitchell has the Honda connection. Um, it seems like I, I didn't expect Honda to be a great fit for him. I wouldn't think this was a great fit, um, but he has a 16th to 25th. Um, I guess if you want to go kind of wild man scoring, uh, you could go that route, but I don't feel super comfortable. Will Gordon seems to be like, you know, everybody loves jamming this guy in and I'm not even sure if he's good at golf, um, but I guess he'll be kind of probably be a popular punt this week. So I don't even think this is a hot take, but, Keith Mitchell and Honda is like, I I truly think maybe the one of the worst course fits. And I think as we see, it's going to be that he's going to have a win there and a string of miscuts because I never understand how that happened. I think it was just, just an outlier because Keith Mitchell winning Honda, I'll never understand. He's got a pair of miscuts 
at Honda centered around it. But I do see you, you mentioned the Bombers. I'd throw Higgs in there. Pure scores. I don't think they fit this course and their form is not good. So I'd tread lightly there. What about a couple guys that played last week? Do you Would you rather have someone like Gim or would you look to Michael Thompson, to Richie Warinsky, uh, guys who were a little overmatched in the Tournament of Champions but did get four rounds under their belt? I mean, I just don't think those guys are that good. I, I think I think Gim is a better talent. I mean, he hasn't accomplished as much in his career as these other guys, but um, I just like the fact of like kind of taking a long-term buy and a young guy and, and thinking like, yeah, you know, down the road, he is going to be a considerably better golfer than, than these other guys in this range. Um, so yeah, I'm just not a big fan of all these other guys. And oh my God. Did you lose me? No, no. Thought I, I thought I lost me. Sorry. All kinds of crap going on in this computer. Um, yeah, it's, I'm just not a big fan of these other guys. And none of them played that well. Thompson, Streb, Swafford, Warinsky, Gay, Landry, Taylor. None of them were positive in the ball striking. None of them finished better than T20, I guess, T21 for Michael Thompson. Um, so, no, I mean, I, I'm a fan uh, of just going with the long-term buy of Gim. I'll give you another guy. Um, in the lower sixth range, I guess that caught my eye was Kramer Hickok, who kind of finished the season playing pretty well. Um, he was 58th in Houston. The finish wasn't that good, but positive ball striking plus 2.4. He was eighth at Bermuda. He was 15th on the Corn Ferry Tour. He missed the cut at Sanderson Farms, but he was 21st at Corrales. Um, so nice little finish for him. So out of everybody in the lower 6K range, he was the one guy that caught my eye of somebody who was actually playing pretty well at the end of last year. And he's a young guy. I kind of like that as opposed to some of these older journeymen who it's like, well, you know what? We kind of know what we're going to get from them and it's not good. Take a shot with a younger guy and maybe he's going to make some strides early in the year. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, it's a lot easier for me to think that Kramer Hickok had a drastic leap in his game over a couple of months of off season than a guy who's been doing this for years and years and years. I like Kramer Hickok. I was on him at Bermuda. Um, just a good little player texting, doesn't mind wind. But let's, you know, you brought up Matthew Neesmith and you referenced his good recent form. What about this guy? 36th at Safeway, 6th at Corrales, 37th at Sanderson Farms, and 11th at Bermuda. Four straight made cuts for Anabon Lahiri. Oh, you boy. Yeah, he's in the field playing a little better here. I don't hate the course fit. Hasn't had a ton of success. And ultimately, I'll be honest, I'm not sure I'll need to go this low, but he is in at least the conversation. I would rather go to him uh, than some of these other guys down here, which you mentioned, not a lot to to go on. The, The biggest problem, there's just a ton of names down here. There's literally 60 guys in this range. You you didn't even mention his second at the Jeev Milka Singh Invitational. Well, it's, you know, this show is all about assists. I wanted to tee you up for that. Um, and you've done he nicely. Was, he, he was outdueled by Karnadeep Kolchar. And we know that that's an up-and-comer. Um, so, Lahiri, <laughs> you know, listen, again, I don't know how, how much you're going to need to go in this range. Hubbard, yeah, that's another name that I, I see quite often down here. And he makes some cuts. Six, let's click into Mark Hubbard before we get out of here. Eh, week off the tee, 
the game just looks pretty average at best, to be honest. I, I don't hate it. Makes some cuts, but rarely contends in any format. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hubbard had a run last year and he see the price that? started getting up there. And then I believe he, he, he must have fallen off a cliff because we're, we're right back into homeless hubs territory. Um, so now there's just, you know, for me, I, I think there's certain weeks uh, where there's a lot of a lot of guys in like the dumpster diving range that I like. But a lot of that has to do with kind of tracking finishes, tracking ball striking and seeing guys that are trending. It's hard when we don't have any information. Um, you're kind of just taking shots in the dark. And that's what makes it difficult for me to be confident in these cheap guys. Cause I, I think as we get down the road and we get a lot of tournaments under our belt, it's like, I'll see guys trending in the right direction and maybe the finishes aren't really there. And it's like, oh, I'll key in on a guy down here. But now it's like, boy, we don't really have much of anything to go off of. And that, and that's tough. It's really tough to be confident uh, yeah, in, in the cheap guys. You have to infer a lot to make a leap down here and it can be a big payoff. And I like that aspect of it. My final thoughts as we bounce on out of here in a couple minutes you bring this up a lot. I actually feel okay with these guys in a vacuum. The problem I have is you you pay down to free up what more salary for Harris English and even <laughs> dead. like this is not. I'm getting Rom and JT. Uh, the top end is not strong enough to carry what I think is the sacrifice you're making from the sevens to the sixes. So like I'll bring up one last guy, and I'm not saying I think he's going to play well, but in theory. And he's let us down recently at courses that he should. Wesley Bryant is 6,300. I don't think that he's a $6,300 golfer. I just don't. I just don't know if I need to go down there, though. If I do that, that's going to allow me to maybe play two north of 10K. I don't really like that build at first glance. He had to bring up Wesley Bryant. I was going to let it go. I was going to just let it go. And you just had to go there. It's um, not, that's a little much. Don't you think 63? Just per- perfect course fit, man. It just couldn't, couldn't ask for a better course. You're, 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 I see you're talking me into him just by mentioning. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good player pool for sure. But I agree. We're not going to let, you know, two missed cuts at uh, really weak field events last year derail us. But a good point about like what you're paying up for, um, and, and even just kind of looking at the outright odds, you know, these guys are the most expensive in the field, but they're not six to one to win seven to one, eight to one. Like we would see DJ. It's like 11 to one, 14 to one. Um, so yeah, like if you're paying down, it's like, what, what are we really accomplishing? Um, and, and I'm kind of with you. This isn't a, like a jam web and Harris, uh, like superstars and scrubs week for me. No, I just don't see it. And again, each week we have to treat kind of on its own because they're different fields and we're just getting started here, Chad. You guys know what I will say. Last thing, if you are betting some golf, we have a ton of betting content posted. You can check out Odd Shopper to find the best lines across all the books. Me and Josh Engelman already filmed our top three uh, contenders video, favorite outright bets. So you can check that out. And certainly if you have questions, you hit up Tim on Twitter you can hit up me on Twitter too. I'll respond. Don't know if I'll be helpful, but I'll try. We'll be back tomorrow night, live before lock, answering your questions, talking player exposure, lineup construction, all that things, uh, tools, ownership, everything that you guys need to hopefully be successful at Sony. So on that note, me and Tim are going to bounce on out of here. I can't wait to ask you questions about your computer shenanigans. That spiced up the show today. A good, good time. Chat, 
Good luck. As always, we'll be back same time, same place next week.